Welcome back to the Lifestar Podcast with Jeff Stewart and Jeff Ford. And we are preparing for the holidays. It's November and we've got a month or two of lots of family relationships, parties, get-togethers. And this is prime time for a lot of people who struggle with trauma and addiction to start to feel triggers, to start to feel anxious and overwhelmed, to start to want to avoid and numb. And we want to talk about how to prepare yourself for the holidays and some things to watch out for. It's amazing that it comes this fast every year, Jeff. I don't know if you feel like I do, but I just feel like every year right before the holidays as a therapist, I'm really trying to yep. you know, prepare the people that I work with for just how real this this type of the seasonal type of stress is and here we are doing the same thing and th- this year seems like it's gone really fast doesn't it <laughs> i know we're just getting older that's why that's what i understand but it's crazy cuz it's this is supposed to be you know traditionally one of the most joyful happiest time of the year but for a lot of people it can be one of the most gut-wrenching, stress-inducing times that everybody just wants to get through. I, You know what? I think you're, what you're saying is so true, Jeff. I think that uh, particularly for couples who are in recovery, they are just raw. Yep. And most of the time, we all have like this kind of, you know, thick, thick skin, if you will, that when we get around family, some of those old family patterns that maybe kind of gnaw at us mm-hmm. and so forth, like normally we can just kind of get through it. But when when a couple's in recovery, they are extra raw. That thick skin isn't so thick anymore. And it may actually feel quite overwhelming for yeah. a lot of couples. And so especially when they see people they haven't seen in a long time and they're you know, backslapping and shaking hands and hugging and saying, oh my goodness, how are you doing? How are things? And those those seemingly innocent questions can bring up so much pain because it's like, how do you catch somebody up on the last year or two years? And it just can be a really difficult time to pretend and feel like you have to get through it. And then sometimes even just being around your own kids, right? A lot right. more schools out and right. you can just feel like the regular routine is disrupted and you're just sitting with yourself and your own emotions a lot more. And there aren't as many distractions. And that can be painful for people. It can be very painful. Yeah. Just oftentimes couples will tell me that they feel a little bit depressed because they will, yeah. for instance, women will think, oh, well, was he acting out last Christmas when we were doing this same thing? If mm-hmm. it's like a traditional Christmas party. Right. Or sometimes couples will tell me, um, I'm seeing all these people. I used to be that way. Right. I, and they miss that normalcy mm-hmm. uh, that that people experience around the holidays. And so, if you're if you're listening and you relate to this, first of all, Jeff and I want you to know: be gentle with yourself. Those times will come again. Right now, we have to accept, and we have to learn how to manage where you're at today. And where you're at today is likely raw. You're kind of licking your wounds. You're working in recovery. You're you're learning something new. So be gentle with yourself and be gentle with each other. And we're going to talk a little bit about some other things to kind of watch for and how to deal with them. I think one of the biggest things is, like you're saying, is just to name what's even happening and to not panic. Because sometimes you can think things are getting worse when really you're just entering into a time of year that can just be hard. And so 
this is not a time to get uh, reactive, to get dramatic about things, but just to settle in, maybe increase your self-care, reach out, spend more time with people who are supportive. You can even set boundaries and limit time if you need to with certain family members or other people and just really protect your your fragile emotional and relational state right now. There's nothing wrong with that. But knowing what's going on and knowing that it's nothing that you need to panic about can really help a lot. Just putting some light on it yep. and just naming, hey, you know what? <clears throat> I can be with grandma and grandpa for two hours. So structure that time. Yep. And the, that that's a wonderful tool to start using, just putting it in the light. doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to just cut everybody out and never talk to them again. Um, even though maybe for some relationships that might be the healthiest thing. But for, in most cases, it's a matter of figuring out how they'll fit into your life and you know, just setting those boundaries accordingly. Right. And a place that we'd like, can we start on, on just reminding, particularly for men who are struggling with this addiction, relational pain yep. is the number one catalyst that will activate an addiction cycle. Okay. So relational pain includes being around in-laws, family, uh, family of origin, your own family, uh, the stress of the holiday, making sure everything goes well, etc. That is a form of relational pain. And couples just in general are busier. You're shopping, you're visiting, you're stressing out about things. Money can be tighter. Uh, there's just a lot of things just on couples in general. The pace seems to just pick up. There seem to be more commitments. And so couples can feel less connected. So if you're at a place in your couple's recovery where things have been pretty balanced and pretty stable and you're not in a state of crisis or discovery, this is a really good time to make sure that you're increasing your couple's rituals, spending time together, comforting, soothing each other, talking, and really asking the other person what they need and really trying to be there for each other. This You have to be really intentional during this time of year. Otherwise, the, the flow of things will just carry you further apart from each other, and you'll wake up in January and wonder who you're married to. And one of the things, Jeff, that I'm having a lot of my couples start noticing is where the, the disconnect is starting to happen. Yeah. The overwhelm is starting to happen, and the, the way that it's manifesting is – uh, fellas out there, the way it's manifesting is guys are getting tied into screens. Yeah, they're playing games on their phone a lot more. They're they're video gaming. Um, they're turning to a screen, and the disconnect is easy to dismiss at first because of all the busyness that Jeff was talking about. But this is that intentional connection that that couples have to be working on. And so we're going to talk a little bit about kind of a ritual phase of the addiction cycle with video gaming and how that's one of the first things that we see guys start slipping into. They're not in their addiction as far as acting out sexually, but they are in the ritual phase of the addiction cycle, checking out into a fantasy game world. And it can be social media. It can be other kinds of screens, like you said, and gaming is, is, I think, the most likely, you know, scenario there. But don't just please limit yourself to thinking, oh, they're only talking about gaming, so the other screen time I have doesn't count. <laughs> we want you to recognize this is about turning away from people and turning towards screens. And there's a lie that you can tell yourself really easily. I think all of us, you know, get pulled into this occasionally, believing that there's a difference between, well, this is just a hobby and... 
It's just something I do to relax or release. And everybody needs a hobby. But there's a difference between a hobby and what can end up becoming a lifestyle. Jeff, you want to talk about the difference? Yeah, that's one of the main things that I'm seeing, Jeff, is is a lot of guys are kind of saying, oh, well, we're taking time off. I have extra Mm -hmm. time. So I'm going to engage in my hobby of video gaming or doing something with the screen. And a hobby is something that you spend one to three hours a week on. And if you have extra time, you know, maybe five hours, okay? A lifestyle is something that you do every day. Right. So um, many of the the couples that I've talked with about this are noticing, wow, I'm spending five hours a day playing video games because I have some time off work or I've got, you know, time away from what I'm normally doing. So I'm going to engage in this hobby. And, and many wives are like, well, I don't want to be like this iron fisted person that says you can't do anything that you like to do. And so they're trying to be accommodating, but deep down inside that it's, they're really bothered by it because they feel a disconnect. And I think another big difference with a hobby too, is that with a hobby, it's something that usually is run through the relationship. I know, I know for me, if I'm in a, I mean, my hobby is, is going out to lake and skiing with my buddies and my wife knows when I'm going and when I'm coming back. It's planned. It's planned. It's It's scheduled. It's something that's, yeah, intentional. There's a beginning, there's an end to it. And it's something that I, I enter in, then I exit and I'm back in the family. And sometimes I bring my family with me and we do stuff like that together. But a hobby is something that everybody's aware of when it starts and stops. And it's something that there's high visibility with it. A lifestyle, on the other hand never has a defined beginning or end and you're just kind of in it and you don't really talk about it and the the other partner feels oftentimes the, the non-participating partner feels like they have to pull them out of it right and that's so damaging to the relationship it can also be triggering too jeff yeah i mean i can't tell you how many women i've spoken to who see their husband engaging this quote-unquote hobby of like video gaming or social media or Netflix binging. And that that disconnect reminds them of the disconnect that they felt when their spouse was in, their, in the midst of their addiction. Yeah. It's the same mechanism. It's the thoughtlessness. It's the, it's really just kind of that trance that becomes... Uh, just so disconnecting from reality and from relationships. And you feel that. You feel that pretty quickly. And don't uh, if you feel it, don't second guess it. It's probably happening. Right. So. And so the first step in, in really addressing this is putting it in the light, having mm-hmm. a conversation. If one or both of you are noticing that there's a little bit more screen time going on, and, and ladies out there, it might be you as well. You might be checking out into social media yep, uh, just as much. Like you think, oh, well, he's, he's doing his hobby, so I'm just going to kind of spend some time on Pinterest or something like that. And um, what we're suggesting, turn away from the screen and turn towards each other. Right, reach to each other, talk about, talk about it even. Just being able to say, I don't like how much time I'm spending on this or I feel like we're both so distant from each other. Just describe what's happening. And you don't have to do it in a blaming way. You don't have to say, you're always on the screen or get accusatory like that. You can just describe what you're seeing and how distant you feel. You can soften it even by letting your partner know how much you miss them and how much 
they matter to you and how you'd love to spend more time together because it's nice to be together. You don't have to be aggressive about this or defensive. And you're going to send a signal over that you'd rather have the real thing than this, these counterfeits that, um, again, have become a lifestyle. So a really good, healthy ritual that you can get into, couples out there who are listening, is kind of recognizing, being intentional about, oh, okay, we're about, we're about ready to head over to grandma's house for Thanksgiving dinner. And or tomorrow we're going to do that Mm -hmm. and sitting down with each other and saying, hey, tomorrow we're heading to grandma's for Thanksgiving. Are there any things that you're worried about? Are there are there is there anybody there that you are beginning to feel nervous about? Because often what the case is, is when big family get togethers like this occur, family members may or may not know and a lot do know about the current strife struggles that are happening with addiction and recovery. And there's almost like this insecurity of like, oh, I have to go be around these people. What are they going to think about me? So what Jeff and I are suggesting today is a healthy ritual of kind of anticipating that stress and talking about it before you go and talking about, okay, well, what can I do to support you? What can I do to be there for you? What can I say? What can I what can we do to kind of like make this uh, a situation that helps you so that you're not like going to this family function and sitting on the couch playing your phone or something like that, which is what we don't want to see, but what often happens. Right. The, the key words here are awareness, intentionality, being totally like high visibility. It's protective. It, it protects you. It protects your relationships. It basically says, I recognize that we're about to enter into something that could be uncomfortable for you, for me, for all of us. Let's talk about it. What do you need? How can we handle it? Yep. How can we handle it? And then just being really honest about the pull of distractions and these other things that could numb you and distract you from having to feel those that discomfort. We're obviously not against screens. We're not against um, hobbies or having places to unwind. And the holidays are a great time to read a book or just spend some time doing some things you maybe don't get time to do otherwise. And we just want everybody to do it from a place of being intentional, being purposeful, being aware, being honest about um, how you're doing it, how you're going into it, how you're leaving it. These are great, uh, these are great suggestions, Jeff. An- another question that we want each of you to reflect individually and as a couple, how much time are you spending with that screen? If it's a daily thing, like we've kind of talked about the difference between a lifestyle and a hobby, if if you notice yourself or if you notice your spouse kind of spending that time on a daily basis, I can tell you this right now, they are using that screen to mood alter. Mm -hmm. So our challenge to you is to have that internal reflection and that mutual reflection of... How much time are we doing this? What pain are we trying to get away from? And what are some healthier ways to talk about it? And you know what? A lot of couples need help with this. I encourage you couples that are working with a therapist, talk about it. Let's go in with a a strong support plan and a structured plan on how to deal with this and make it successful. Set ourselves up for success. Yeah, sorry. It could be a really great way to rebuild trust as well for a guy that's 
you know, been in a trance and an addiction or checked out for him to take the lead on wanting to reconnect and set boundaries around that for the whole family. That's a great, that's so, a great point, Jeff. So we hope all of you have a wonderful uh, next couple of months with your loved ones and with your traditions and rituals and, and these things. This can be such a great time of the year. And we also hope you're really gentle on yourself and others as you're trying to navigate these next difficult few weeks. Um, but, uh, thanks again for listening and until next time. Mm-hmm.